Hey guys, and welcome to the Movement Docs Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Mike. And we're just two guys who want to help students and clinicians grow in the field of rehab. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome to episode nine of the Movement Docs podcast. Today we're with Dr. Mike Wareham, who uh, is the first in our residency series to be talking about uh, sports residency programs today. And so Dr. Mike graduated from Ithaca College uh, with DPT program in 2013. After graduating, he completed his sports residency training at Pro Rehab in Evansville, Indiana. Currently, he's a licensed physical therapist and founder of Next Level Physical Therapy in New Jersey, where he combines the skills he's learned from his education to help athletes and active adults get out of pain and get back to doing what they love. Dr. Mike, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, guys. So today's kind of a special show, and I mentioned this a little bit already, uh, because it kicks off the first in our residency series podcasts. So over the next couple of months, we're going to be interviewing notable individuals who have completed a residency and are board certified in various realms, whether that be sports, orthopedics, neuro, and so on. So we'll be speaking with healthcare professionals who have completed fellowships as well, and what we hope to be uh, super informative and help guide those who are looking into pursuing residencies and fellowships in the future. So again, Mike, we're really excited to have you on. I can't wait to hear your perspectives about sports residency programs. All right, let's do this. I'm, yeah. I'm really pumped. The uh, SES is, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence of like SES or OCS, mm-hmm. and your, what you say today is going to shape my future, so I just want you to know that. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, what are we going to be uh, talking about today, Jake? Um, all sorts of stuff, man. Uh, first, kind of want to get a little bit more background on uh, Mike, maybe his thoughts on whether you should do a residency program and like when you should do it. So mm-hmm. like right out of school versus waiting a little bit longer. Um, why he personally chose the SCS route. Uh, maybe some specifics of the program that he went to um, and how that was kind of structured and laid out. And um you know, just some some stuff about the application process, maybe tips and tricks and advice that he has for anybody who's interested in, in applying. So, awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get started then. So, so Mike, we've heard a little bit about your uh, background from the bio that we have, but uh, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and why you became a physical therapist? Yeah, sure. So um, in my, my journey with physical therapy, I, I think, started like a lot of other people Um, You know, I was a basketball player growing up and that was like my thing that I, you know, just loved doing. And, you know, unfortunately I ended up just having like a string of injuries where, you know, through, especially through high school, I was just like in doctor's offices and physical therapists offices and chiropractors offices, like more than I was on the court. And it just was this like, you know, super injury prone person. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I got to college and had to stop playing basketball because of an injury and like knee injury that, you know, no one could figure out and had, you know, failed surgery for. And, you know, I was just kind of this like, it was just these like nagging chronic injuries that just kept occurring over and over again. And it just really like, you know, took away, it basically felt like I had something that I really loved in life just kind of taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only like place where I found like, you know, some positive feelings through the whole process was with uh, the physical therapist who I work with. And, you know, it just left an impression on me. And it was as, you know, you're getting to the end of high school, trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life. It was something I just could see myself doing. And that was originally like why I got into physical therapy. Okay. 
Right. So if it was almost like the relationship that you had with the, the physical therapist kind of gave you that autonomy and, and ability to play sports back and, and you wanted to be able to reciprocate that. That's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, it was, um, you know, I kind of, initially it was just kind of like, uh, you know, I could see myself just saying this would keep me involved with sports and I could see this being something I would do. <laughs> um, but you know, as it kind of, as I continued to go through things and, you know, have my own issues with pain and injuries and not being able to do what I wanted to do, you know, I really kind of hit a point where, you know, I had this really like this mission of, you know, if 17 year old me walks into the clinic, you know, I'm going to be able to have answers for him. And that, that kind of is the, you know, from a clinical standpoint, something that has really driven me. Awesome. You know, I, Mike, I, I like that because it's very similar to one of the previous podcasts that other Mike and I had, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) <laughs> about like non-zero days. And I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that concept, but one of the things in it is um, like kind of every day you do like a little bit of self-reflection mm-hmm. and you look at how you either um, interacted with your past self and then what you've done to set your future self up for success and how you're doing like presently. So I, I like that, like thinking about 17 year old you and how you would be able to help that person if they were to walk in the door. So it's like it's just cool for me because it's, it's like a reflection of your past self, and uh, I don't know. I'm just yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a very meaningful thing for me. So I, I like that. I think it's really nice. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, and you mentioned too that you you uh, had graduated from Ithaca College. Uh, could you could you speak a little bit about that program, like what it entails, and for anybody that might be interested in applying to IC? Uh, I know that's where we ended up meeting. So go bomber, go <laughs> yeah, bombers. Yes. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, you know, I, it was something I kind of identified, like being going into PT was something I identified coming out of high school as something I wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and my decision for going to Ithaca honestly had more to do with me playing basketball there than it did to be going <laughs> to the PT program. But the, yeah. um, it was one of those, they had the this, this six-year accelerated program, which allowed you to come right out of high school, which was perfect for what I was looking for. And, you know, my experience over there, you know, overall at Ithaca was, was very, you know, very, very positive. I, I, nothing bad to say about the program. And it was just, um, uh, it was, it was a great experience. That's sweet. What kind of, what kind of opportunities did you have? I know you played basketball while you were there, but, uh, what else, what else were you involved in or what kind of things did you do while you were at IC? Yeah. You know, so, um, like the biggest thing that, uh, the biggest opportunity that I feel like I had that's really impacted my life the most with. Ithaca College like had nothing to do with like physical the physical therapy department. So <laughs> they um they had a huge like entrepreneurship initiative. So if you know um the company like Tory Birch, the like clothing company, the guy Tory Birch's husband, Chris Birch, or ex-husband Chris Birch, um, is actually an Ithaca alum and he kind of funded this, you know, kind of entrepreneurship initiative around the campus at the at the time that I was there. And somehow, you know, just ended up at one of the meetings and it just like, you know, really inspired me. And, you know, we started, we actually had a business going through college with my current business partner. And it was just, uh, you know, that really like has that opportunity has really done a lot to shape, you know, shape my life. So all the student loan debt that I accumulated going there was worth those experiences. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> we, we all, we all feel that. Yeah. It's, it's, 
very, very sad realization when you finally graduate and you have to look at that number. <laughs> Those monthly payments. <laughs> but that's really cool though that you were able to get like an entrepreneurial like experience. And do you feel like that shaped like your current business that you have now? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, just kind of you know opened my eyes to you know a different route in life. You know, it kind of it came at a really you know big time. I was kind of making this transition from you know playing basketball and having that be like a big part of my identity mm-hmm. and not like knowing what to do with my time now. And it was just kind of like it kind it kind of came at a perfect point in my life where you know I, it was I needed something to invest my energy and my passion into. And it was something that I was, you know, could be in control of and create, you know, something. And it was just a really, um, you know, powerful thing. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So did you, okay, so you, you had the opportunity uh, with the Tory Burch, Chris Burch, like foundation for the the entrepreneurship. Uh, So you went to the meeting. Um, What did you do after that meeting? Uh, Did you create something or or what, what kind of came about that from that? Yeah. So if I, you know, reflect back, like the, the very first thing, you know, had these couple guys there who were entrepreneurs themselves who were kind of running the whole thing who mm-hmm. ended up being like amazing mentors to us. And, um, you know, I remember that the first thing at that meeting was like, you know, the number one rule of like entrepreneurship is like, or business is like, you know, what the, every business serves to solve a problem. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, what is like, what problem can you solve? And, at the time, I had just finished like a, a pretty cool like ro- rotation during PT school, and you know the problem that we just kind of brainstorm is like, okay, like what problems do I have in my life, and what problems can I solve? Like, can can we solve that would have an impact? And the problem that we identified at the time uh, was that okay, we're going through PT school, we're doing our rotations, and we're in these orthopedic settings, and we're showing patients all these exercises, and then you go home, you give them this little like dinky printout, like picture stick figure diagram of like how to do them. And everyone's like, they're not doing them right. Or they're not complying with it. And that was like, you know, a problem. And so we basically, you know, once we identify what our problem, like the problem that we saw, like sought to solve, uh, we created a solution around it. And that was like, you know, that was kind of like how things kind of got kickstarted and just like one thing led to the next. And, yeah, we we ended up taking it relatively far. So, oh, okay, great. So you're able to kind of solve that problem and, and kind of go from there. Um, you you created like an application to kind of deal with that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yep. Mike, would you say that you took it to the next level? <laughs> yes, I guess ultimately yes. <laughs> Good one. I've been I've been waiting for like ten minutes to use that. And so, <laughs> thank you for entertaining me. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> how, how did that How did that come about too? Because uh, I'm just curious, like about uh, your business now and like kind of where you're at and and next level. Um, did, was that Was that something you just worked with your like your coworker and kind of came up with that name or or how did that come about? Yeah. So, you know, after all of our experiences in school, um, so basically what happened, we, we had an app, we made an application that kind of solved that problem. We had a mobile app for physical therapists and trainers, strength coaches that you could record, you know, videos of yourself or your patients doing their exercises and you could prescribe it like over a mobile app. So like the patient just has a, like has their app and their exercises are right on their app. And in theory, it was a really like, 
everyone we met is like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. And, uh, you know, so we, you know, kind of, we did our thing with it for a few years. We, you know, built, built it out. We were in like this business accelerator um, program in Syracuse and just learned a lot. Like, you know, it was ultimately, it, it wasn't the right product at the right time, but it was, uh, you know, we just learned a ton and basically just kind of got this passion for, you know, entrepreneurship and creating something like creating something and having the opportunity to, you know, kind of control your future and leave an impact in the world. So after that whole experience, like I definitely knew that at some point in my life, I was going to want to do something like that again, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we kind of decided to hang it up per se, when we realized, you know, it kind of came to this ultimatum of we either had to drop out of school to take on an investment or, you know, just stay in school and finish school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it ultimately, for a number of reasons, we ended up just dropping the project and finishing school. And I basically, at that point, transitioned all my energy, you know, kind of transitioned my energy. I thought that, again, this like weird point where, all right, I I have all this free time now. I need to like, (laughs) I need something I'm moving toward. And, um, you know, so... I basically was like, all right, if we're not going to do this like business thing, I might as well just invest my time into becoming like a kick-ass physical therapist and, you know, just started, you know, getting into the more more clinical side of things, which led me to my residency. And Mm -hmm. after, you know, after residency, I felt like I was at a point where I had my minimum viable product, as they say, like where I was, you know, I felt good enough and comfortable enough with my clinical skills that, you know, I could go out and build the business I wanted to around those skills, you know? Okay. So you, you would say, you would kind of say that the, the residency program was kind of integral in, in giving you the confidence in the system that you needed to, to, to build that business the way that you wanted it to, to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting, like being kind of the both ends of the like PT, you know, you have these like factions of people who are really into like PT business and the people who are really into the clinical side of things. And, you know, I feel like I'm somewhere, you know, kind of in both of those spaces and it, it just, uh, I think the idea of like going into practice, like starting a private practice, starting a business, really most people like don't understand. It's like you're really starting a business and doing that without a solid product is, is uh, something that you like, you can just kind of, you can have all the business skills in the world, but if you don't have something to differentiate yourself, then it's going to be hard to make your, make your way, you know? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you kind of focus on having the, the the quality aspects, and then and then everything else can kind of fall in line, and you can use those business skills that you acquired to to boost it even further. But you have to have yeah, that absolutely. solid funded. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So let's let's go into the the meat and potatoes of it then. You know, we talked a little bit about residencies and kind of brushed into it. But uh, what are residencies? Why do you do them? What are your thoughts about residency programs? Yeah, so my you know my uh, thing with residencies is probably probably a little bit different than most people coming out looking for them. So when I um, just to kind of connect it back to my story and give it some context, when I really started diving deeper into clinical stuff, like towards the end of my PT school, when I you know started looking out outside of what we were getting in school, mm-hmm. um, you know the first thing I really got into was just uh, the book Movement by Gray Cook, and it was just what yeah I started. It was one of those things I came across and my dad who actually used to be a strength coach like you know, he had always had the FMS kit in our, like, you know, in our like little home gym. And he was, he would, uh, so it was something that I was like, okay, like maybe I should look into this. And it led me to the great cook movement book. And I started reading it and it was one of those things that was like, I think I just read it for like a day straight and like, didn't put it down. And it was like, you know, I just, it just really like connected with me. Mm-hmm. And so I figured I just would start, you know, start in that material. And, you know, one of the things that we learned through our 
experience doing our whole whole business thing in college is like, you know, mentorship was like a huge mm. part of like the success we had with that. You know, like if it wasn't for people that were able to kind of like steer us in the right direction when we were heading down a wrong, like when we were potentially heading down a bad path, mm. like our progress with that would definitely not have been as, as optimal. So, you know, I, I started doing some stuff. I took a couple of courses and, you know, through the, met, you know, heard about the residency that I ended up doing. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is perfect. Like how, like, this is exactly like what, what I need. Like these, the people at the pro rehab residency, um, you know, were very like integral parts of developing the whole functional movement systems. And, um, I was like, okay, if I want to learn the system, I, I need to go get mentorship and how to like from the people who like, you know, who built this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, it was lucky enough that they had a residency. That's what you asked about. Like, sports versus orthopedics like it just it it wouldn't have mattered to me if it was orthopedics or sports it was just that was those were the people who i wanted to learn from okay um so that's why you know that's why i kind of chose that that residence that specific residency okay so it was it was really that like the movement book that kind of got you started and then uh you know you got from there and then you saw um that the people that had kind of created the functional movement systems you knew you wanted to be with them so it was like you were, you were choosing the people over over necessarily like the orthopedic or sports residency that's cool yeah absolutely for me it was that was literally the only residence i put all my eggs in that basket like i didn't mm-hmm. even look at other residencies once i identified that like okay these are this is what I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And these are the people who can mentor me or like guide me into learning that mm-hmm. it was, there wasn't really much of a like decision to be made. Like that was just where I, I saw myself going. Okay. That, that actually uh, reminds me of, uh, we had a, an episode with Phil Wilkerson, uh, looking at like the power of positivity and like gratitude. And he was making some suggestions and recommendations for looking into like grad school programs and that kind of stuff. And even just looking at different, like, uh, just undergrad programs too. And his, his recommendation was, you know, find things that you're passionate about and find things that, uh, you know, like the people that you, you want more so than like the name of the program. Uh, cause a lot yeah, of people, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's cool. It just reminded me of that. So it's neat. Um, yeah. And I think especially at this level too, um, when you're really looking to like specialize, um, you should definitely look at the content of the course that you, or the, you know, potential like course load that you're going to take. Cause I've been doing a lot of research too. And, um, I know like the university of Evansville one that you've done, Mike is obviously very in- integrated with the functional movement systems because, you know, Kyle Kiesel is like one of the directors on it. Um, you know, you learn tons of FMS, SFMA type stuff. Whereas like the SCS one at, uh, Ohio state is very different. They have a lot of like, uh, MDT practitioners. Yeah. And so it's just, it's almost like even within that spectrum of like sports clinical specialists, there's all these like subcategories of like different, different systems of evaluation and assessment yeah, yeah. Um, and Therex that you can, you can learn like in depth and kind of further apply. So you, I, for all the prospective students, I would definitely encourage like really doing your research to make sure that you're getting into an environment that you know, it's something that you are passionate about instead of just going, Oh, I'll do an SES and then go somewhere where maybe you don't really agree with, that style or you're not used to it. You're not really ready to learn that particular like uh, train of thought, school of thought, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so we know that, you know, finding, finding curriculums and programs that, uh, that you're really enticed by and that you're passionate about is important, but, uh, what else, what else would you consider is important for looking at residency programs? Like who's, who's the best fit for someone to, to do a residency in your opinion? Um, I think, I think it really comes down to just understanding the value of that of mentorship and, 
you know, identifying, like you guys kind of said, identifying the people you want to work with. And if you can get that through a residency, then go for it. You know, I think it, it, it's awesome. And it, it really, at least for me, it just helped accelerate my learning curve, you know, having, you know, people having a structured kind of, okay, here's what I'm going to be doing with my clinical development for the next year and a half. You know, it's just like, a, it really streamlined things. And, um, and, you know, obviously you have to be willing to work long hours and, especially if you do a sports residency, you got to do, you know, on-site coverages and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think people who are willing, you know, willing to put in the time and who understand the value of mentorship and, you know, ultimately are people who kind of want to accelerate, you know, the learning curve. I, I think that PT school does a good job of teaching you the basics and how not to hurt people. But, you know, if you really want to learn how to, you know, assess and, and expand your clinical knowledge, like I think that residencies offer a great way to streamline that process. Okay. So what are your thoughts on, like, when, when did you start your residency? Did you do it immediately after PT school or did you take a year off? No, so I, so I didn't. So I, um, so I graduated in August. Um, my, my program ended in August. The, I had already identified that I wanted to do this, like that I wanted to try to go in on this residency program. So, um, but they don't start until July. So I had this like awkward, like however many month gap between when I graduated to when the program started. So I, um, I actually worked at a place for, um, that time, like in that time period, um, and before I got accepted into the program. Okay. Now for like prospective students, would you recommend, I mean, obviously it would depend on the residency that you're applying for and their start date and your graduation date and all that. Yep. But do you think, um, did that benefit you to get in the clinic for a little bit and kind of like just do your own thing before you hop back into like school mode, residency mode? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, it definitely did. And honestly, I mean, it's very, it's very different, you know, person to person. I think, uh, there's a lot of variables that go into like, you know, what's like, what would be best. Um, but for me, I, again, I kind of had already identified like this was the road I wanted to go down. So before I even entered the residency program, I had already done both SFMA courses. I had done the FMS. I had done the Y balance test. I'd taken a dry needling course. You know, I, I was very like aware and pretty well versed in a lot of it. Like, you know, I was able to go into a residency where the main bolt, like the biggest thing they're going to get out of it is learning the SFMA. And I was already pretty proficient with it. And so having that, having a understanding of the concepts coming in, um, is allowed me to get a lot more out of it. I actually, um, to, and to give you another example. So in my current business now, we just brought on a new therapist who, um, did his rotation, uh, with Bill Hartman. If you guys are familiar with Bill Hartman, um, and you know, the content there is a little bit different, you know, it's not as like, it's a little bit different type of stuff. And we were talking today actually about how some of the guys that came before him, you know, just came in with a little bit more, like they had already taken co different courses that were applicable to the, to their rotation with him. And it was, they were able to kind of just step in and have a little bit more of a, of a foundation that they could build on. And that, that, you know, kind of potentially allows you to get more out of the experience because you're not going to have to spend the first three, four months, just kind of playing catch up and getting the basics. If you already have the foundational knowledge of the things that you're going to be learning. I really feel like that allowed me to accelerate my learning even faster. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. 
Yeah, I think there's, I, like you just said, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about at least having a, a prior little bit of experience uh, with the stuff that you're going into. You know, you're not yes. so freaked out about um, trying to learn everything or learn a new system. You can just implement that system and refine. And then, yeah, you can spend more yeah. energy on that. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not necessary. Um, I mean, I, I went through residency. There was a group. There were three of us that I went through with, with two other, um, you know, awesome therapists, and both of them came fresh out of school, like immediately into the residency tra- uh, program. Mm-hmm. And you know, but you know, again, it, it, at the end, it's it. We all get to the same place. We're all you know doing well, and it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's not going to make or break anything. Right. But for me, I feel like I got what I was looking for out of the experience, in part because I was prepared for the experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. I can see that. Um, did I was just, just out of curiosity too. Um, did you have to go through any interview or anything like that? Or was it mostly exclusively through like RFPT cast or, or anything like that? Yep. Yeah. We had an interview. Um, they, they actually had a pretty, uh, unique, um, interview like system or whatever that we've actually adopted in our, into our current, my current business, which is pretty cool. Oh, um, so yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it was a good, it was a solid interview, um, process. For sure. Okay. And that's, I think that's, I think that's important too. You know, they get a chance to really get a beat on who you are and you get to get a better feel about the program itself to get an opportunity to yeah. ask questions and, and all that. So that's, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. I know we're really, really big on interviews here. <laughs> we, especially like we talk to students all the time about, you know, PT school and even just like college applications and stuff. And um, that's always one of our big points is, take advantage of interviews because that's really where you're going to get to see who you're going to be, um, you know, working with what the school really has to offer for you. And, you know, if you're going to be a good fit. Sure. Um, Absolutely. mm -hmm. In in regards to uh, the residency that you went through, uh, you mentioned just previously that you had spent some long hours, just kind of curious, like what, what's a day in the life like for you when you were going through that program? Um, it was different at various stages, um, but especially in the sports uh, residency program, there was a lot of on on field or in the training room hours that had to be done. So, you know, there were some nights like during football season, you know, you go work in the clinic full day in the clinic, and then you leave the clinic and go to the game on Friday night, and you're not getting home until you're really late. <laughs> so it's a uh, yeah, it, it's it's very full days most of the time, and then you know, on off season times, you know, we would there'd be a lot of times where we would stay after hours to go through stuff and, um, you know, clinical things and, and practice or time that you'd have to spend like doing research. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it was definitely, but those were the things that made it worth it. You know, you, we still had our clinic, like working in a clinic, just like a regular staff therapist, but all the things outside of that were what really made the experience worth it. Okay. So for those types of like emergency care, like on field stuff, what um what kind of training did you guys have to go through? Yeah, so if you're gonna do a um, a sports residency, I believe you either have to have an athletic training degree, which I don't have, or you have to go through the um, the EMR course, emergency man- uh, medical responder course that's offered by the sports section of the APTA. So okay. um, I did the latter. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was your experience like with that? Just out of curiosity, like with the EMR. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a good course. It, it definitely like is a much more expanded version of like a CPR kind of course that you might have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in our 
sports residency training, you get a lot of that. Like we, there was a whole month that we spent on like on field management, you know, learning how to tape ankles, learning how to um, spine board people, stuff like that, remove face masks, like that, all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> we, we, we know all about that life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> there you go. That was fun. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, so it brings me flashbacks to to our first summer when we were doing like spine boarding and stuff. We had uh, <laughs> just a couple of like practicals and stuff where it's just you're scared out of your mind because <laughs> you're trying to make sure you get every all the all the you know you stabilize your spine and get everything moving correctly. So you just you yeah. just gave me some PTSD. And, <laughs> and then our uh, our taping and bracing final, we we walked into a room and there was just a bucket like a helmet with a bunch of pieces of paper. And you had to draw like what what you had to to demonstrate. Nice. So like some people got like lucked out and got like buddy taping, you know, <laughs> like just just tape two fingers together, you're good. And then other people got like you know some crazy like hip spica or like an oh. MCL tape job or yeah. something like that. And so oh, it was all luck of the draw. Yeah. <laughs> New professors are just looking at you, <laughs> trying. Yeah. They're just giving you like the you know stone face, trying to like see see what your metal is as you're going. It's just, you know, <laughs> but that's cool. Okay, um, okay. In regards to uh, so, how long was your residency program? And then once you finished it, did that make you eligible to sit for the SDS? Yep. Yeah. So my residency was, uh, I believe, I think 15 months, so a little like a year and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, I really liked cause it, it allowed for the overlap between classes, which is how I met Jeremy, um, down, you know, in through residency. Um, but yeah, we were automatically you know, going through residency. You're automatically eligible to sit for the SDS exam. Um, and there was just like, I think they offered that a, maybe twice a year or something like that. So we, we finished in August, September, something like that. And then we took the test in March the following year. Okay. So you finished that up, you had some time to kind of prepare for the the exam specifically, and then you'd take it in March and be good to go. Yeah. Yep. Perfecto. That's awesome. So now that you Mike, now that you have that certification, um, could you talk a little bit about like what what does that do for you as a PT? So like now that you have that SCS certification, does it open more doors? Does it give you more um, like ability to I guess expand your practice? Yeah, so I saw that question when you guys sent me the list of things we might talk about. I saw that question on there. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I hope I don't give them the answer they're, they're not looking for. Um, but in all honesty, no, it doesn't have much effect in my practice. I mean, it's pretty cool to be, like, you know, board certified. And, you know, it, it gives you a little bit of an air of credibility, like, when people, you know, walk in. And it's like, do you work with athletes? And you can say, well, yeah, we're, you know, we're actually board certified, like, fight or whatever. But if I didn't have that I, my trajectory or it wouldn't, it wouldn't really make much of a difference if, if I was being totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think it gave you uh, like, I guess streamlined your process. I, mean, I know you mentioned that a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not discounting like the residency process getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the residency process, the mentorship coming out of the residency, totally worth it. The actual like, certain like letters behind the name mm-hmm. um you know i as much as i don't want to discredit it because I, I do believe in like you know board certificate like it's a it's a valuable thing and it really i, I do think it's a necessary thing to legitimate like mm-hmm. legitimate 
customize our, our profession. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you're going to ask me, like, it, I know I know people who ha- don't have OCS, SCS, who are way better clinicians than anyone who I've met with those certifications. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're, you don't have to get those certifications. That It doesn't change how great of a clinician you can be. Mm-hmm. And it definitely doesn't impact, like, how much of it from if let's say like starting a clinic or whatever, it's not going to be a deciding factor. in are you going to be successful in running a clinic or not? So mm-hmm. it, it's a nice credential. I'm proud of, I'm proud of that. I was able to attain that mm-hmm. the whole process I went through to like, you know, be eligible for it and everything I learned along the way mm-hmm. has definitely been valuable, but it also just to, again, to be totally honest, like mm-hmm. to you guys and your listeners, like it was, it's not a necessary, like if your ma- main motivation for residency is because you want the credentials, mm-hmm. you probably, it's not going to be worth it for you. Yeah. I think that's, gotcha. I, think that's I think that's the bigger message there is like mm-hmm. the credentials are great. The board certification are great. It's, it legitimizes our profession mm-hmm. and, and, and it's something that you should definitely be proud of, but it, it it's not a necessary thing to be successful in this profession. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it does, like you said, it does go to show that you did receive, like, advanced training. Um, you are board certified. You've gotten emergency care stuff under your belt. You've worked with athletes. So it does it does give you a little bit more um, – It's even though it may not, like, open as many doors, I know there are companies that look for, um, you know, like, SES experience. Like, when I was going through job applications and applying for, like, Exos jobs – most of their like tactical PTs or just regular physical therapy positions, they're looking for like ATC, SCS, OCS. Yeah, Some yeah. of them just show yeah. that you've had advanced training and that you, you know, you know more than your typical like new grad PT that's coming out. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and I'm sorry again. This I think this is a point where like just context matters in this situation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if looking at it from that perspective, like definitely. I mean, I had one of my good friends took the SCS, he got a $10,000 raise, you know, like that's not insignificant. Um, I, I just, yeah, just my, I think my context, like answering that question is just coming from a little bit different place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you're, you're speaking to, um, you know, it, it's about, it's about caring for your patients. It's about, uh, you know, um, not, not so much about like the pay raise, which is also nice. Um, uh, but you know, you mentioned you went into that program to, to kind of streamline your process, have that mentorship and guidance. Um, and that was the valuable part. Um, and yes, it is like important for the credibility aspect, but it was more so that you could continue to be a kick-ass therapist, um, and provide the best care that you could. Um, and so, you know, I think that's, I think that's valuable, you know, um, and what you said too, about if you're going for, you know, an SCS or any other residency, just for the credentials, you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons and your heart's in the wrong place. So I think that's valuable what you said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, definitely the biggest, you know, bigger message there. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. I guess I, you know, I'll just say like, you know, at my clinic right now, I have two amazing therapists that would talk circles over almost any person I know with the SCS, you know, like it's definitely, if your goal is just, if you're looking to be a great therapist, like, you there's probably places you can invest your money early on as a therapist that can help you you know attain that versus sitting for a board certification Mm -hmm. just just my opinion (laughs) yeah that's valuable that's just really valuable so we appreciate you you know sharing those those thoughts so where do you think you're going to head to now like what are your what are your future plans and what are your what are your goals moving forward 
Um, just in general, like for in, in with career wise or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got your SCS. You know, you just started. Uh, you know, or not just started, but you have uh, next level PT. And I'm just kind of curious, like what your what your next step is. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, basically, where I'm at now, you know, once I finished residency, again, I felt like I had my like minimum viable product. I was, you know, confident. I was good enough clinically to like you know, go out and have a valuable differentiated service to offer. Mm. So, you know, I started my practice a little, a little less than two years ago. Um, and, you know, basically the idea is that I, we're trying to be the counter to the kind of mill PT environment. Like I think that we, I've seen through my, you know, through people I've met through my residency program, through, you know, courses you go to, people you start connecting with and your, your professional network. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many amazing, passionate, like gifted therapists out there that don't have the opportunity to give, like, give their gift to the world because mm-hmm. of the environment that they're kind of forced to work in and the way that our profession has gone. Okay. So my like bigger mission and what I'm doing right now is actually like, obviously to provide amazing care to, you know, people and, and, you know, help the 17 year old me's of the world, like we talked about earlier. Um, but you know, beyond that from like a, I know this is kind of like more of a professional podcast from a professional standpoint, you know, we really want to be people who can, you know, create an environment where that gift is people can let that gift shine through Hmm. and you're not kind of like clamped down by high volume and productivity, you know, required like, pressures and, and stuff like that. So that as we continue to grow our company, that's kind of our big, um, you know, vision or thing that from a professional standpoint, you know, what we want to leave an impact with. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's great. That's awesome, man. And I know that, uh, I mean, we've all, we can all probably sympathize with that, that idea that there are a lot of places out there where, because of insurance or because of productivity that you definitely feel stretched a little bit as a clinician and you may not be able to get as much quality time that you want with, with your patients and not to say that like time equals quality, right? Like quantity doesn't always equal quality. You can get a lot of good quality stuff done in, you know, one to two units of work, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. And every patient's different and you need to really be able to like, give that patient exactly what they need and be able to spend time with them, create that therapeutic bond and just make sure that, you know, all the education and everything that you're giving is, is what it needs to be. So I definitely feel that I've, I've experienced and seen things and I know that, you know, most everybody out there probably has too. Hmm. And so that's really awesome that that's, you know, your, one of your core things is that you want to be able to provide the best care possible and not really have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. Thanks man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great philosophy to have <laughs> for sure. You know, you got you get the heart in the right place. So you you you've given this guy over here big smiles and <laughs> like warm warm fuzzy feelings. So that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's like every time we have somebody on the podcast, like there's mm-hmm. somebody always says something that like hits me right in the feels. Yep. And like, I mean, too bad we don't have like video chat because like I can sometimes I can hear Mike smiling like through Zencaster and like we both probably like telepathically like just get chills and stuff at the same time. But yeah, no, we, we, we love all this warm, fuzzy stuff. Yeah. And it's always it's always good to hear. Mm-hmm. 
it's 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 really and heart and heartening. That's not the right word. Heartening. It feels good. This is what I'm trying to say. Um, feel, it feels really good, and it's it's really nice to know that you know there's therapists out there that are that are you know pushing you know pushing for trying to make uh you know help people get better uh, and 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 help them get better in the best way that they possibly can. And it's not just about the money, and it's not just about you know let me get you in the door, let me run you through this mill, uh, and then thank you for your check, and I'll see you later. Uh, you're actually spending the time getting to know them, and and like Jake said, you know that therapy bond and all that too so that's that's great to hear <laughs> warm fuzzies all around <laughs> and it's it's definitely been it's been echoed on our podcast too like when we had uh the movement doctor on like that was part of his reason for starting his own practice was he had those experiences and he was like dude i can't i want to treat the way that i want to treat i want to hold myself to like a high standard and make sure that every patient that i see is getting what i feel you know is is necessary and not be constrained by like external limitations. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, that's definitely kind of a growing movement within the PT community, definitely within the sports, uh, community for like rehab. Um, I mean, you see tons of people opening up like cash based clinics, um, for, you know, sometimes different reasons, but for a lot of people, it's, it's that same reason too. You just, you want to be your own boss and make sure that you can treat the way that you want to treat. Yeah, absolutely. So so respectable. Mm -hmm. That's great. I wanted to I wanted to touch back a little bit on uh, residencies real quick too. Um, just kind of curious, like we we talked a lot about you know like um, choosing the right residency and trying to figure out if you're like right for the residency. Um, what's what's the best way to to prepare for a residency or to kind of um, get yourself geared up for one and even the application process? Like what in your opinion, like uh, you know we we know you went through a couple of things, but what would you what advice would you give to anybody that's interested in in, in pursuing a residency, you know, like how does the application process start? How do you prepare for it? You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think first comes like, and this is just how, how it went down for me, but, um, you know, I think first is just identifying where you want to go and why you want to go there and you know, what you want to, what you want to achieve by going there. And if you can be clear on those things up front, the rest of it kind of falls into place. And, you know, the application process and all that stuff, it just kind of is more of a formality and just things that are kind of just steps you have to take to achieve that, you know, end vision that you have when you can answer those questions. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So you, you really just, <laughs> once you identify the why, everything else kind of kind of comes along with it. Yeah, okay. yeah, man, definitely, definitely. And I think it just becomes, and again, speaking from, this is coming from a guy who like literally looked at one residency program. <laughs> I didn't really like look much else. You know, I just kind of zeroed in on what I wanted and went after it. Um, mm -hmm. I think just having clarity, you know, having clarity on what you're trying to achieve by going, by doing a residency program, it will help you determine, like there, everything else will follow from there, you know? Okay. And is that, is that kind of what the, uh, the, the interviewers are looking forward to? They're looking for people that are, they're dedicated and kind of zeroed in on, on what they want. <laughs> you know what? That's a, that's a interesting question. And I, I think that there's, I think that there's a lot of variables that go into, um, you know, who they pick, you know, in terms of, at least in at the residency that, um, that I was involved with. And it was, um, it was interesting because with the overlap with us being like a year and some change and getting to see like the next class come in, 
uh, we got to be have like some small little involvement in the the process of you know and kind of get the behind the scenes look at like you know what are they talking about about the candidates and stuff like that and um yeah you know a lot of it just has to do with like how how you fit with that with that group and um but I, I think in terms of things you can do to you know try to increase your chances of getting in is you know I, I was able to I don't want to say build relationships but but when I went to the residency or went to the interview um, day and, you know, I already knew like a bunch of the people that were there. Like I had met a couple of the former residents, like, because I tried to, you know, made a point of trying to connect with them. I had talked to another one on the phone cause I made it, I just made a point to try to like connect with them. And I, I had already met all these people. So like when it, it wasn't like we were buddy, buddy, but it just made it like, you know, it just kind of, it showed initiative. You know, I took a lot of initiative in the process and didn't just submit an application and hope for the best. And, um, I think that that's a big thing that I, that if I had to reflect back and say like, you know, this is, was a big reason why I was accepted. I think that, you know, just things I did to prepare from a clinical standpoint, the fact that I went out of my way to try to connect with people in the program, I think that those things, you know, showed a level of commitment that, you know, the, the actions show that you really want it, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And, you know, you just, you just reminded me, uh, when you mentioned, you know, trying to, to get, make connections with people in the program, uh, one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about different ways that you can get into, you know, applications and, and kind of improve your chances. And one of them was put a face to the name. And so, you know, by, by showing an initiative, you're able to, to make those connections. And so when your application does come up, you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember Mike, yeah. uh, you know, we talked, you know, so that's, that's great. Uh, it's just awesome to, to hear that echo too. So, um, for anybody that's listening out there, that's, that's a good way to do it. You know, show that initiative, make those phone calls, make those connections, you know, anything you can do to show them that you really want it. I think, I think too, like some of the stuff that, that Mike's like, he's not explicitly saying, but just by listening to like the actions that he's taken, you can kind of extrapolate a little bit. And at least what I'm hearing is that one, you're a guy who knows what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. All through this whole course of like what we've talked about so far, like you knew what your goal was. You put all your eggs in one basket because you knew this was what your path was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And you were just super driven. Like you, you took that initiative, you worked, you, you did all these like SFMA courses, FMS courses ahead of time to be prepared for it. Mm-hmm so that you could get the most out of that, that residency and that mentorship process. And so I, I think that like those two things, like one, you, you got to know what you want, right? We talked about that, like do your research, make sure you know which program you're going to apply to, but then you, you've got to be driven. And I think that probably for the most part, most people that are going to be going into residencies and probably most people in PT school are at least driven a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Cause there's, there's a lot of homework and clinical work and stuff that you got to do. But I think that I just wanted to make sure that I highlight those two things because mm-hmm. Mike's saying all these things, but like those are the two like huge things that are that are that I'm saying is just how driven and how passionate he was yeah. to get where where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Which is great. So Mike, why don't we uh let's talk a little bit about your business. I know we kind of like skirted around uh your business and kind of stuff that you did. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do, what you provide, and and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so um, yeah, where 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 should I start? Just kind of, I guess I'll give you the story, just like how we've grown or whatever. Um, you know, I started um, when I came back from residency. Basically, um, my wife, um, you know, really after she moved out to Indiana with me when we did the residency, and 
you know, she kind of you know, knew that she wanted to move back home at some point. And, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to do my like own thing. So, you know, when she was kind of getting antsy and really wanted to move back, you know, I was like, all right, like, like now's the time, I guess, you know, like, let's, let's do this. And, you know, I started, mm-hmm. I started the practice. We were, it was all cash based at the beginning. Um, and we've just kind of steadily grown since. And, you know, I brought my business partner, Justin on, who was um, my business partner in our venture together during college. So that's been, been awesome. We've, we've been able to hire some therapists and have an amazing client manager. And, um, you know, we just recently moved into our own space. We started by leasing, um, space and gyms and we're just kind of like bouncing back and forth between different <laughs> locations for a while. And, uh, oh my gosh. we have some stability. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a fun ride and, you know, we've really been able to, yeah, I think grow pretty quickly given the circumstances and it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Mm, that's awesome. How did, how did you even get started? Like, I know you said that you, uh, were, were bouncing back and forth between gyms and stuff like that, but how did you even get your foot in the door? Like, uh, like what kind of tactics did you use for, you know, just for anybody that's out there listening that's trying to start their own business or do that kind of stuff? Like, yeah, what, yeah, what was sure. your, mm-hmm. um, you know, it really, it really was pretty easy. I, it, it, I think it comes down to a couple of things, right? It's, uh, the concept is like, is lean startup. Like, you, you know, initially like you come back and I'm, you know, just start looking at commercial real estate spaces and it was just like instantly like, okay, this is not, this is not a practical <laughs> way to start a like cash based clinic. So, you know, what is the like minimum, like, you know, the, again, the idea is like minimum viable product, lean startup. Like what is, what's the minimum I can do to just get something off the ground. And okay. it was, you know, pretty apparent that, okay, let's go, who can I offer value to? And, mm-hmm. you know, you think about gyms, CrossFit gyms, strength, you know, strength training facilities, like these type of places, you know, it's a big asset to have them, you know, to have a physical therapist on site. One, you know, you can make, I don't need much to like much to do my thing, right? Like you really, for physical therapy, all I need is just a little tiny area to, set my table at one of my friends who has a pretty good cash practice. Like she literally just has a corner in the gym, you know, she doesn't even have her own private room, Like you don't need much to, to start. So like if all I need is a hundred dollar massage table and a little closet space, you know, there's gotta be somewhere that can offer me that, you know, that, that would be willing to have me come in and pay for that. So, okay. um, I basically, you know, use the same tactics that we're discussing to like take initiative and connect with people in residencies. I just started, you know, researching people online and finding people who I might have a connection with, you know, whether, and, uh, you know, I just started cold emailing people and, you know, everything is like one of those things, like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, I, uh, you know, met this amazing strength coach, um, who he had trained at, done, done a lot of training at Exos, uh, was into the FMS and that type of stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm probably going to have a connection with this guy and, you know, set up a time, went out and met with them. And they're like, you know, we started talking and like, he just like, I got a room right there. You want it? Like, and it just cool. like, I just kind of turned into it. And, uh, you know, just cause you just kind of start, you just, you know, just take the initiative like we're talking about, you know, and basically mm-hmm. I was able to arrange a pretty sweet, like deal that just, I was able to start with basically no risk, very minimal upfront investment. And, you know, you put yourself in a position where you're exposed to, uh, you know, people that you want to work with and who could use your services. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great way to start. It definitely, um, looking back, you know, if again, it's situation of I'm fresh out of residency where you're making a lot less money than the reg- like a regular therapist as it is, 
coming mm-hmm. back and, you know, living in an area where I don't really know anyone. It was just like, it was, but it's still all things considered. If you're able to get something started with no, you know, no minimal overhead, it, it just made it very easy to get going. Okay. So that's great. So everything that we've been talking about thus far, you know, you just, just get after it and have the hustle. <laughs> so, uh, do you still use primarily like SMMA type, uh, treatment and evaluation in your practice or have you, have you changed a little bit or what, what is that? What is that like? Yeah. So my, my practice has really kind of evolved, um, since going through residency, um, the SFMA at functional movement systems is still a big part of what we do. Um, you know, we still we will frequently use the functional movement screen, the wide balance test in certain situations. We, one thing we do a lot with our businesses, we'll do like big group, like screen injury screening, like injury risk screenings, where we'll use the functional movement systems as a tool to, you know, help big teams or whatever, identify players who might be at risk. Um, but in terms of like clinical standpoint, like from a clinical standpoint, um, you know, basically I, I, I got it real into the, uh, postural restoration Institute stuff, PRI, if you guys are familiar with that, um, that's been like a yeah. transformational thing that's really impacted my practice. So, you know, and among other things, it really, our practice is kind of a combination of those two approaches. Okay. That's great. So you're, you're kind of taking some of the things that you learned, um, from your residency and then applying other techniques and things that you've learned to find ways to best treat your patients and be successful. Yeah, you know, and again, like, especially, especially as young therapists and like, it's just early coming out of school doing, you know, residency isn't like, and what you learn there won't be an end all be all, you know, it's a con like, you know, our bodies are infinitely complex. There's so much, like there's so many different approaches and so many different ways you can view the body. And, you know, it's just, it's, there's a, I feel like there's a reason they call it like clinical practice. Like it's always something that you're going to have to like improve upon. And, uh, you know, so basically once I kind of, you know, mastered that whole functional movement systems approach, it was just kind of where, what holes and walls am I running into? What holes do I need to fill? And, Mm -hmm. you know, finding, you know, what is like, where can I go learn to fill those holes, you know? And it just kind of, and then as we get better at the things we're doing now, that same process will happen again. And it just kind of is this like constant iteration process or, you know, progression to, you know, just continue to learn and, and understand more, you know? Yeah. It's the, it's the epitome of keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love like it. that, that actually just blew my mind too. like clinical practice. And then like emphasize clinical practice where you're <laughs> continuing to move so like so thank you for that 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 knowledge bomb <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good oh well, holy cow <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of a random question if if you were trapped on a desert island <laughs> and you had to provide pt care to you know the inhabitants of said island what th- what three tools would you bring with you I'm sorry, my my headphones are messed up. What'd you say? Oh, you're good. I just said that was a tough question. Oh. <laughs> All right, let me. I'm trying to think. Um, what would I bring? I know two, but I'm trying to think of my third. I'm trying to think 
I use every day. <laughs> this is uncharted waters for us. We've never asked this yeah, question before. So. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, honestly, I just it, it popped in my head, and I'm just I'm just curious. <laughs> man, that's a, that's a great question. The two things that, like, honestly, like, if I just if I I probably would bring a table. Like, if I had a table and I had a little mini kickball and a bag of balloons, I'd be good. Ooh. So like more for like PRI, like breathing type stuff with the balloons. Yeah. If I had if I had those things, okay. Probably could do most of what I would need to do. Interesting. So I asked this question to I think it was it was either Jeremy or Tyler uh, down at um, at Pensacola, and I got a the answer I got from them was a a sixteen or no a twelve kilo kettlebell. Of an orange cook band, and I think some something else like a um, I forget what it was, but then they they proceeded to go through and talk about how coconuts. If coconuts are on the island, you can use that for soft tissue work, <laughs> right? They could with with the kettlebell they could chop down potentially chop down trees and uh, and build like a table. They they take that to the next level. Huh? <laughs> Next level. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's interesting. So you said table, balloons, and then like a kickball. Yeah, well, I guess I could use the coconut for that though. So I don't know. Maybe I maybe I have to reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's freaking great. <laughs> I'm just I'm just oh. like thinking right now. I'm just thinking of like of these two guys with just a kettlebell <laughs> just like slamming into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it would probably take a while. It would definitely take a while because unless you sharpened it, like if you had two kettlebells, I guess you could like sharpen the horn on one of them and use it like an axe blade. And I would imagine too, like if you found <laughs> if you found like rocks or something, you'd probably use a kettlebell for like uh, maybe like almost like flint and timber. <laughs> Trying to get some parks going, make fires. I'd be, it'd be, I'd love to see like a uh, naked and afraid somebody like take a kettlebell with him and try and survive. Oh, <laughs> or or balloons, a massage table, and uh, and a, like a kickball. That'd be it'd be interesting to see what would happen. Oh. Mike, you should probably get us back on track. Now. <laughs> that, was, that was quite the rabbit hole, and it was beautiful. <laughs> I loved every minute. Uh, but we're running up near the uh, the end of our show here, so uh, there's there is one question that we do ask all of our guests that come onto the show here. Okay. And so, uh, you know, our show. Let's see, where am I? There we are. So we are we here at the Movement Docs. We always believe in moving forward in all that you do. So based on all of your previous experience in knowledge, life the pursuit of happiness. What is one piece of advice that you would give to anyone listening to this show to help them be the best versions of themselves? Yeah, I, I would just say like, just practice gratitude. Like, you know, life is just, life is amazing, man. And it's just, uh, it's, it's such a journey. And, you know, just if I feel like if you can just be grateful for every step along the way, you know, your ability to, you know, your openness to growth and it just it'll come it just comes naturally you know i just i firmly believe like happiness is gratitude and 
you know, just being thankful for every opportunity and every relationship and, you know, every, you know, anytime we can come do something like this, like, it's just, uh, life is a, an amazing journey, man. I mean, Mike, I like, we met at like at Ithaca college, like <laughs> how many years ago, you know, and now we're talking yeah. on this podcast. It's just like, wow, man, like we have a lot to be thankful for it. And I feel like if we can just practice that in our lives, like everything, everything else follows, you know? Yeah. You're so right. <laughs> Thank you again for giving me chills and making a big smile on this guy's face. So. <laughs> yeah, you're you're two for two with the warm fuzzies right now. <laughs> oh, so it's perfect. Mike, we, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on our show. <laughs> uh, if yeah, anytime, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you on again. And if anybody is uh, listening to the show that wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way that they can do that? Yeah, so the best way to do that is go to um, our clinic's website, www.mynextlvl.com, and uh, just go to the contact page and send an email to that, you know, email or call that that number on there, and um, feel free to reach out. Great. That sounds good. All right, perfect. So thanks again uh, for tuning in this week where we spoke to Dr. Mike Wehrhan from Next Level Physical Therapy. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email at tmdmovementdocs at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.